Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Today we take a look at the topic breast cancer. It's not that sentence. Tech says so. Women handle a variety of roles. We are managers, leaders, caregivers, team players, examples, role models, sisters, aunts, grandmas, and moms. Our interests vary as wide as the opportunities that support them. Yet, one concern that unites us is the fear of breast cancer. Breast cancer is a type of cancer that develops from breast tissue. And one out of eight women will get breast cancer in their lifetime. It's a staggering statistic, but one made less ominous by the fact that fighting breast cancer early makes it easier to treat or cure. Female breast cancer is a major global public health problem with an estimated 1,384,155 new cases worldwide and over 459,000 related deaths annually. Indeed, the 2012 Global CAN reports indicates that 1.7 million women were diagnosed with breast cancer and 522,000 deaths recorded. Furthermore, this shows an increase of about 20% from the 2008 Global CAN breast cancer incidence. In Nigeria, female breast cancer is recognized as a major cause of morbidity and mortality with incidence rates ranging from 36.3 to 50.2 over 100,000 live births. Breast cancer is the most common cancer in Nigeria and most cases are diagnosed at advanced stages. And living with breast cancer presents many challenges, both for the person diagnosed and their caregivers, leaving them feeling uncertain, anxious, overwhelmed and afraid of the future. In many cases, women living with breast cancer in Nigeria have given up hope and therefore no longer adhere to the treatment plans or discontinue the treatments altogether. In the last 10 years, various new screening modalities have been developed to help expand access to screening and boost her early detection. And thanks to these technological advances in detection and new treatment approaches, women diagnosed with early stage breast cancer have options. Going one step further, we need to learn how technology has assisted in helping save our women's lives from the claws of this deadly cancer known as breast cancer. Hence, we brought on board a general practitioner at PEFA, that's the pediatric clinic of the University of Benin Teaching Hospital. His name is Dr. Hussein Abimbola Sodik. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you for joining me on the show today. How are you today? I'm fine. The pleasure is mine. How are you too? Oh, I'm very well. Thank you. All yeah. right. Now, researchers have identified hormonal, lifestyle, and environmental factors that may increase a woman's risk of breast cancer. But it's not clear why some people who have no risk factors develop cancer yet. Other people with risk factors, they never do. Why is this? And what then are the risk factors that could predispose a woman to breast cancer? Firstly, I'd like to point out that there are different risk factors that have been um, shown to be associated with the development of breast cancer. However, risk factors only mean that there's a possibility or a probability that someone is going to come down with breast cancer. It doesn't really mean that if uh, a person has a risk factor, it doesn't really mean that 100% the person is going to come down with a breast cancer. Also, I feel like it will not be safe to say that there are people who have had breast cancer in the past 
without risk factors. Like we all know, and from what you just read, because I listened to um, your initial presentation, an overwhelming majority of breast cancer are found in women. In fact, it is said that um, less than 1% of um, breast cancer is found in men. And um, the first risk factor for breast cancer, age and gender. And then, um, like I said, the female gender has the most probability of developing breast cancer. So it means that aside being a female, the probability that a male is going to come down with breast cancer is very, very low. You understand what I'm saying? So there are also plenty of other risk factors that could have contributed to someone coming down with breast cancer. So I don't think it would be safe to say that there are people who have had breast cancer in the past without a risk factor. Rather, I would think that maybe at the time of diagnosis, there was no known or identifiable risk factor at that time of diagnosis because there are some some of those risk factors that are tied with family history of genetics, which a person who has breast cancer may not even know himself. And then in, in a country like ours, we might not be able to do take a very deep history or examine or rule out all other risk factors that are associated with development of breast cancer. That being said, like I've mentioned, the female gender is a risk factor for development of breast cancer. And also, increasing age. Typically, breast cancer is not common in people less than 40 years. So, for people that are 40 years of age and above, there is a possibility of developing breast cancer. Also, family history is one of those known and widely recognized risk factors for breast cancer. And then, um, this family history has to be like, to me, like uh, the most complex of uh, the risk factors because there are also some other things attached to the family history, which I'm going to try to elucidate now. Now, people who have first-degree relatives who have been diagnosed of breast cancer at four times risk are at four times risk of developing breast cancer. For example, someone who has a mother and sister who have been previously affected or diagnosed by breast cancer has a four times risk of developing breast cancer. Also, family history of ovarian cancer in a first-degree relative has also been shown to be um, a risk factor for development of breast cancer. Breast cancer occurring in affected relative less than 50 years, meaning if there is someone in the person's family who has been diagnosed of breast cancer at age less than 50 years, it means that the person also has probability of developing breast cancer later. Also, if someone has a male relative who has been diagnosed or previously diagnosed of breast cancer, the person also has probability of developing breast cancer. Then again, inheritance of uh, mutated BRCA1 and 2 gene. BRCA1 and 2 gene, that the BRCA, BRCA, means breast cancer gene. Normally, these uh, genes are tumor suppressor genes. They're supposed to suppress growth of cancerous cells. But in some individuals, these genes are mutated and they are inherited. So people who have these uh, mutated genes also are at risk of developing breast cancer. There are also cancers that have been related to breast cancer that if anyone in a person's family has, the person also has the likelihood of um, developing breast cancer. And some of those include prostate cancer, colorectal cancer, and like I mentioned before, ovarian cancer. So if there's anyone who has any of this history in a relative, there's a possibility that the person too could come down with breast cancer later. Also, um, another risk factor is uh, the reproductive of the hormonal risk factor. It has been shown that um, prolonged exposure to increased levels of sex hormone 
contributes to the risk of developing breast cancer too. And this could be in form of early onset of menses, like people who started uh, their menses early and then um, people who end it late, that is late menopause. Uh, Nolliparity in the name and term. Nolliparity means failure to give birth to a child. But in uh, obstetrics and gynecology, it is said to be um, failure to carry a pregnancy past 28 weeks of gestation. But all in all, what we are saying is that for a nulliparous person, that is someone who does not have a child, person also has an increased chance of developing breast cancer. Also, the use of oral contraceptives has been shown to also increase the risk of uh, breast cancer. Also, hormonal replacement therapy for uh, people, um, for menopausal women, Will also increase the risk of breast cancer. Um, another important one is the lifestyle. Now, consumption of alcohol, saturated fats, high-calorie diets have also been linked to development of um, breast cancer. Um, um, maybe a lot of us are guilty of this as we consume um, fatty meals, we take red meat, processed meat, butter, margarine, and, and the likes. This is also shown to have an effect or a relationship with development of um, breast cancer. Also, the environment also plays a role in the development of breast cancer. And one of those is exposure to carcinogens, which could be found in pesticides and sometimes exposure to radiation, maybe via X-ray or other types of radiation. So these are a few of the uh, risk factors that are mentioned to be linked to breast cancer. All right, Doc. Now, is it true that women with big breasts are also prone to breast cancer? Well, I'll be hearing that for the first time. I don't think scientifically it is not correct that uh, people with big breasts are prone to development of um, breast cancer. Anyone who has a contrary opinion that medicine is about evidence, so evidence-based, if there's anyone who says that um, people with big breasts are prone to breast cancer, and person has the onus of evidence is on the patient to bring so that we will accept that. But for now, there is nothing like that. All right. Now, they've always said that we should never Google our symptoms. I mean, you would receive shocking answers. So just save yourself the stress and ask your doctor. Hence, if a woman does not know what to look out for when it comes to breast cancer, then she might not know when she has it. So what are the signs and symptoms to look out for that can be an indicator to breast cancer? Okay. First, I think it would be important to say that breast cancer at early stages could be asymptomatic. That is, there's a possibility that one does not feel anything. That does not have, or one does not notice anything on the breast at the early stages. And that is why the importance of screening cannot be overemphasized. However, there are some other pointers to development of breast cancer. So as a woman or anyone has to look out for, some of those include change in breast size or shape. So if anyone notices that maybe suddenly the breast starts getting bigger or the shape of the breast starts changing, then the person has to go to the hospital for proper evaluation. Also, one of the most common signs that women discover in their breast is lumps, palpation of lumps, which were not previously known to be there, also could be a pointer to development of breast cancer. So as skin changes too, if there is any skin changes on the breast, maybe dimpling, thickening, or redness of the surface of the breast, I think this should also be something that one should take seriously. And also, there are some other abnormalities involving the nipple, which could also be a pointer. Some of these include the nipple inversion, the change in the skin surrounding the nipple, ulceration, nipple retraction, and sometimes bloody discharge. 
from the nipple. So if I won't see any of these things, one should quickly go to the hospital for evaluation. Mm, yeah. Amazing. Also, just to add one more, it could present as breast pain. So breast pain. Small feels like you have been having persistent breast pain. She has used analgesic, it goes and comes, and then she's unable to explain where the pain is coming from or the cause of the breast pain. Then the person has to go for an evaluation or see a doctor. Okay. So breast pain when you're not in your period, because yes. sometimes your period comes with breast pain, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yes, okay. yes. Now let's talk the reason why we are having this conversation today is to find out how technology has been able to help in diagnosing, in treating, in curbing the effects of this breast cancer and what it does to women. I mean, it's while you know that technology has become a key force in improved diagnosis and treatment of breast cancer, other than the increased awareness, advancements in science and technology have caused huge breakthroughs in breast cancer treatment for over the last 50 years. But we need to know the ways in which tech can save a woman from breast cancer. So please take us through this. The influence of technology in the screening and diagnosis, uh, which including treatment of breast cancer, cannot be overemphasized. And then I must say that the technological advancements have been a huge boost for total evaluation and treatment of uh, breast cancer, from screening, diagnosis to treatment. At the level of screening and diagnosis, I'm sure we must have heard of mammogram, ultrasound, magnetic resonance imaging, which are used for screening of women for breast cancer. And then um, we know that these are high-tech machines that were developed through technological advancement. Also, fine needle aspiration cytology, core biopsy, which are also used for further evaluation of a patient with breast cancer also make use of some of these instruments which would not have been possible without the advent of technology or technological advancements. Also, for further evaluation of breast cancer, we could also have other tests that could be done through the use of some of these high-tech machines, including chest x-ray, um, abdominal ultrasound, skeletal survey, and some other, some other um, high-tech tests. So uh, that is for the screening, diagnosis, treatment. Radiotherapy is one of the mainstay treatment for breast cancer. And then radiotherapy uses ionizing radiation to kill cancerous cells. And this ionizing radiation, they are delivered via a machine, which of course was made possible by um, technological advancements. And then um, development of some other drugs, chemotherapy drugs and hormonal drugs also as part of treatment of um, breast cancer have also been easy because of technology. So by and large, technology has helped greatly in the evaluation and treatment of breast cancer. Okay. Now, I have to mention this, that after all of these technological tools you mentioned, while I was reading, I read that the aftermath of the use is usually very deteriorating. I mean, I read that the treatments of some breast cancer treatments rather deteriorates the patients so much that they lose their air. There's a lack of strength. So why is this so? Plus, don't you think that this might make many women not want to put in for these technological treatments and would rather choose to treat breast cancer traditionally? Well, um, it is true that some of these treatments for breast cancer could cause some of those things you mentioned. Usually, radiotherapy and cytotoxic uh, chemotherapeutic drugs 
are responsible for some of these changes you talked about. However, it is good to know that some of these changes are just temporary changes, which only occur during the time of treatment. And after the duration of treatment, some of these things tend to disappear. Do you understand what I'm saying? So chemotherapy drugs, they are cytotoxic drugs. Most So there are some of them that actually cause the situation of air growth at the time. And then some also cause myelosuppression, that is a bone marrow suppression, which is responsible for um, production of red blood cells. So it is not unusual that someone on chemotherapy uh, or radiotherapy develops what they call alopecia, that is air loss or weakness, maybe due to anemia from um, destruction of red blood cells or suppression of bone marrow responsible for production of red blood cells. You understand? But like I said, all these temporary side effects of some of these treatment modalities, and then uh, over time, as soon as the patient completes the treatment, they tend to go back to normal. So um, comparing the side effects and the usefulness, I think that um, the usefulness or the advantages overwhelms the disadvantages and it has not been shown scientifically that traditional means help to treat cancer in fact what we see is people who go through the traditional means and then the cancer continues to progress and then by the time they come to the hospital there's metastasis all over the body so i wouldn't advise anybody to go through the way of traditional means just because of fear of uh, some of these temporary side effects of these treatment modalities so i feel like I should encourage people who have been diagnosed with breast cancer to go through the proper means, that is the scientific or scientifically established means of treatment. And then they shouldn't worry too much about the side effects, even though I agree that they are true and you know, they can be worrisome, but it's just um, for the temporary time. And then after yeah. everything is cleared, yeah, I mean, dog, you, you just cleared that doubt that it's temporary. It's just for a while. Yes. So Because people might have had that understanding that, oh, that's how it's going to be. And when am I going to grow back my hair even after finishing the treatment? But now you've made us understand that it's just for a while. So you advise yeah, yeah. that they come in for treatment. Yes, now talking yes, about yes. coming in for treatment, the cost, affordability in a country like Nigeria where... Everything is expensive, not so to say, it's on the high side. Would you say that the regular treatment, I mean, using these technological tools, you say the regular treatment is very affordable for an, for an average Nigerian? Well, I'll be very sincere with you. Uh, I wouldn't say it is um, very affordable for the average Nigerian um, because oh. I, I'm, I'm, I also know that some of these technological form of treatment are quite expensive for the average Nigerian. That is, this is why the government needs to rise up to the occasion to assist in building more cancer centers, subsidizing some of these treatment modalities and making them available to an average Nigerian. So I think that the uh, government needs to do better. I mean, the way they've um, handled the health sector. And this is just uh, one aspect of the health sector we are talking about. Uh, so, um, for an average Nigeria, I wouldn't, I would be sincere with you, it might not be pocket friendly. So um, there, there's a need for the government to contribute immensely to the development of um, cancer centers and provision of some of these equipments and drugs to help alleviate the suffering, suffering on average 
on an average Nigeria who has been diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay, we'll come back to the already policies we have on ground and initiatives that can help. So you read out some for us in case anyone listening right now needs that sort of help. But first, let's go back to um, the aftermath of probably there's a surgery, the chemotherapy and all of that. Is there a possibility that the cancer could come back? If yes, what then can we do? What then can be done to prevent it from coming back? Well, surgery is one of the modalities, just one of the modalities of treatment of cancer. And uh, on that surgery, we have um, the, the total mastectomy and some breast conserving surgery. For total mastectomy, you are removing the breast in totality. Everything related to the breast is removed. So there is almost no possibility of the breast cancer coming back for total mastectomy. However, for breast conserving surgeries, including chondrotectomy, segmentomy, and um, some other um, breast conserving surgeries, there's still little healthy breast tissue left. And then those healthy tissue later could also become cancerous. And that is why for, for someone to prevent reoccurrence of breast cancer on the side of the, of the breast that has been previously operated on, one has to go for the complete treatment, including radiotherapy to kill the remaining cancerous cells and possibly chemotherapy too, to also kill other cancerous cells that have the propensity to go to other sites of the body. Also, it is better to say that for someone that has had surgery on the, maybe someone has uh, breast cancer on the right breast, there's a possibility that the person may also develop on the left breast. Do you get what I just explained now? Yes, I do get what you yeah, just yes. explained, Doc. So, so, so basically, okay, go ahead, please. So basically, basically for, for people who have had the total mastectomy, there's almost no possibility of um, it coming back because the breast in totality has been removed. Do you understand? But for people with breast conserving surgeries, there's a possibility that they might still come back. And that is why they must go through stages, all the stages of treatment. And regular follow-up too um, cannot be overemphasized. You have to go for regular follow-up and also screening at different intervals so that if any of the uh, leftover LD, previously LD breast tissue develops cancerous cells, it will be detected early enough. So um, I, I think th th those are the ways by which one can prevent recurrence if one has had a conservative breast surgery. Before. All right. Yes. Do you always advise the total mastectomy? Well, depending on the stage of, um, of, of, the, of the disease, because uh, breast cancer has uh, different stages. Mm -hmm. So the surgeons and the surgical team in charge must have staged the disease. And then um, depending on the stage of the disease, they would either do a total or a breast conserving surgery. So I wouldn't want to say one is better. I think it just depends on the stage of the disease. For breast cancer that have been detected in early stage, I think that breast conserving surgery is still recommended provided the person will keep going for follow-up and um, continue uh, screening at definite intervals. But if the person will not be able to do that, I think that total mastectomy might be required in that situation. But like I said, the stage of the disease determines the extent of surgery. 
Okay. Now, before we run off and then we talk about the policies already on ground, I believe that it would be the every health personnel and will always advocate for prevention, right? It's better yeah. to prevent breast cancer than even treating it at all. So, yeah. and I read that women can always have their breasts examined themselves. Yeah. They stay particular with to what time it is of the month to do it. Also, are there any preventive measures that we can take just to prevent this breast cancer from coming at all? Okay, well, like you rightly said, self-breast examination is a very, very good way for women to detect development of breast cancer early and then it could be done at any time. And I would advise that breast examination is done at least once in a week for every woman of reproductive age. And in fact, I feel like the least number of times that one should do that breast examination is once a week. I don't see any uh, any problem in uh, a woman doing a self-breast examination every day to be familiar with the breast and also to notice any abnormality on time. So I feel like the best way to go about self-breast examination is every day. Maybe when you wake up in the morning and when you want to go back to sleep, you should do a self-breast examination. The risk factors of breast cancers are known. I think that it's just logical to want to avoid some of those things which i've mentioned before like lifestyle modification staying away from alcohol high saturated fat diets high calorie intakes exposure to radiation prolonged use of oral contraceptive nulliparity and some other ones i've mentioned that cannot be i can't possibly mention every other risk factor so uh, i think that since we already know some of these factors, I think it's just normal that we try to avoid them. Although we can't totally run away from some of those um, risk factors because, like I said, some are linked to genetics and some are family-related. But there are some which are modifiable, and those modifiable ones are the ones that we can control ourselves. So, so early detection is key. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, yes. now let's talk about the policies and initiatives on a final note that have helped an adjunct with breast cancer. Is there anywhere at all they can go to just to get help? Well, as for policies or initiatives, I think that the government still has um, a long way to go. I'm aware that there was a national cancer control plan which was started around 2008, which was supposed to end around 2013. Um, which that's where geared towards effective and efficient management of um, patients with breast cancer, also preventive measures too. But um, unfortunately, the plan has been greatly marred by irregularities and um, lack of strong political will on the side of the government. Now, however, some of those aims of the National Cancer Control Plan have been um, achieved, uh, which include um, the spreading of awareness and education, public enlightenment of people about breast cancer and other types of cancer. And also, according to the plan, Health workers or medical doctors who are interested in the management of specialist training in um, cancer are also um, encouraged and um, supported by the government for training to learn more about this disease. But largely, the aim and objective of the National Cancer Control Plan has not been achieved. And then there was another one that was drawn up from 2018, which was supposed to end at 2022, which had similar content as the 2008-2013 uh, plan. But like I said, it has not fully achieved the aims, but at least um, there has been um, sort of awareness and public enlightenment about different types of cancer, including breast cancer. As, uh, when it comes to seeking help, almost every tertiary institution in the, in the country 
can attend to uh, any case of breast cancer at least at the moment. Um, so if anyone feels she needs to seek help, one can just go to any tertiary hospital, maybe any of the teaching hospitals. One can also go to any of those general hospitals. But I'm not, I'm not sure if there's any provision for uh, the primary health care centers. Maybe there's a role they have to play in the um, overall management of patients with um, breast cancer. All right. Well said, Doctor. I've been speaking with the general practitioner at PEPFAR, and that's the pediatrics clinic of the University of Benin Teaching Hospital, Dr. Usain Abimbola Sodik. Thank you for joining me on the show, Doctor. Thank you very much. Now, when a woman receives the news that she has been diagnosed with a breast cancer, in most conversations, the reactions are very similar. As soon as she hears breast cancer, she stops listening and her mind immediately begins thinking, am I going to die or I am going to die? Well, you must understand that the words breast cancer and death sentence are not synonymous. The key is early detection. Technology can actually change the story. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.